This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Well, Stephen, we're in luck. Yes, we are in luck. We're in luck, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. Hey, uh, we're with a uh, we're with a great guy named Seth Spading here, and we're in we're here looking at this lovely forest. I hope I hope we can hear the wind blowing through the treetops because it is a it's a it's about a lovely sixty two degrees out here. It's wonderful. We're on Seth's acreage. It's great. And um, I thought we were fortunate to be with Seth tonight because, um, you know, I, I was just musing about this yesterday and had even started writing about it. And there's a topic that really means a lot to me that I think is one of those kind of hidden skills of parenting that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, um, but is so key um, I've only ever read one book that even mentioned it, and it is the. Are you curious to know what the, what the hidden skill is? What is it? It's tying heartstrings with your children, and um, we were talking with the Spadings, again, Seth Spading here. Can you S- say hi? Can Seth. you back up and tell us? Can you introduce this guy? You can. There's something you want to happen here clearly so you could do it yourself (laughs) well i just want our our listeners to know why we are even here in wisconsin and who this person is go ahead all right seth what why don't you say hello well hello steven hello mark and i'll turn your volume down a little so you don't blast our poor listeners on their jog you don't know this but a lot of our listeners are jogging right now um Seth is a guy who has been connected to the Family Teams Network of people. A lot of you listeners are involved in that scene and reached out to us as a result of our work with Outpost because Seth has been a financial planner himself for a while now. And we started talking, I don't know, how long ago, Seth? Just before Christmas this past year, we started chatting. Yep. And we were dreaming together a little bit of, well, we both love Jesus and we both enjoy helping families kind of put their money behind their family vision. And we both have a lot of esteem for the same set of ideas when it comes to running a home and one's dough, like a biblical boss. So what if we could someday work together? And we kicked it around a little while and we decided... That would be great if it could happen someday. Today's not that day. That's what we said back in December. But come a few pandemics and and such, uh, and now the day is today. So Seth has decided to join Outpost Advisors and is a financial planner, wow. which is great. And Stephen and I are out here. We're doing a little bit of work on our financial planning business to help Seth kind of get used to the way we think about things for him to teach us some things because he's been doing this for a while and we're really excited to have you as a part of Outpost, Seth. Excited to be here as well. 
So we'll have more to say, I think, in a future episode on Seth's story around how he thinks about financial planning. But that's who he is, and that's why we're here. Back to what I was teasing earlier. The subject was... Stop teasing and just bring it. The subject was tying heartstrings. Now, I think... um, I think a lot of dads presume that intimacy with your children is something that you can just fall out of bed and have because you're the dad. So you're around, and of course, these kids are going to love me and follow me, right? But um, in talking to the Spadings last night, they were just describing um families they know where that hasn't that just hasn't happened they just didn't roll out of bed and have uh tight loving relationships with dad in particular it's such and 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 i'm I'm, I'm driving at something very specific here which is such that they would follow them on the faith story of the family and um as I said, I've only heard this really described in one book, and even then not described wonderfully. There is a good book called Shepherding a Child's Heart, which talks about kind of watching over your child and looking to win their heart. But the fact is, most dads don't do any work to intentionally try to win their children's hearts. So because of that reading that I had done, I think I started very young with my kids trying to ingratiate myself to myself to them as crazy as that sounds it sounds so counterintuitive that you would want to try to ingratiate yourself to your children's heart but for instance we know in leadership that they say that we have to give 25 words of affirmation on on a par for every word of correction that we give in leadership, whether it's organizational or in friendship, they have they for for people to feel normalized with us. We have to have twenty five different experiences of love, affirmation, um, s- positive relationship to balance out one uh, critical or negative word. And when you think of your children over the years and all of the correction that is part of the game, and it's absolutely part of the game, um, I have always thought of myself as I am trying to fill up the piggy bank of uh, my children's hearts with love, kindness, affection, and I'm trying to create magnetism between us. So... I go out of my way to try to just give loving touches to my girls constantly. I I I want to uh, I I want to I ask the Lord to actually um, bring these things to mind to me so that I will tell them you're pretty. Um, I want to tell them um, you're so smart. And when they're doing, Daddy, look at me! I can stand on one foot. To go, you are so talented. It's amazing what you can do. Um, And I was haunted back in the days when I used to play music at youth camps. I I, I knew this great guy who had a girl in high school, and they had a really strong relationship. And I would talk to him about his relationship with his daughter, which I didn't understand. You know, how does a dad have a relationship with a daughter in high school? I had no idea. And he said that his daughter... Um, he was always complimenting his daughter. And I asked him about it one time and he said, my daughter told me 
if you don't give me compliments about who I am, I'll go find a boy who will. And I thought, oh, snap. She just told Dad some truth there. And so the subject of tying heartstrings is one that I am constantly aware of. I want to bind my children's heart to my heart. I want them to want to follow me because I know that where I'm going with my life, which is following Christ and making disciples and suffering for his name, that is absolutely where I'm going with my life. It won't be, it won't always be an attractive place to, for my children to go. So I have to sprinkle that path with rose petals and perfume because I want them to keep coming toward me. And and there's, a, there's many knock-ons to what I'm saying. For instance, we have to talk to our kids about that it's hard to follow Jesus sometimes. We have to tell them how he encourages us and how he takes care of us. I've just, I didn't, can I pause? I'm trying to build up to this, but I have so much to say on this. Are you tired of me already? No, I'm not tired of it. I'm okay. kind of feeling, I'm sitting here running the tape in my head. Okay. Oh man, I have a lot of work to do when I get back. Well, I have to tell this story that I that I told my kids. Again, there's a reason that I that I talk to them the way that I do because I'm trying to do something with their hearts and I'm trying to build a faith in the Lord that piggybacks on my faith that feeds off of me vicariously because I'm trying to build these foundational beliefs in who Jesus is because we all know the day is coming. It'll probably be in the 12 to 14 range when they will have to go on their own. Well, 12 to 17 really when they'll have to, at some point, they will have to launch and the relationship with Jesus will have to be their own. So, oh my goodness, we care so much for these precious m- moments. Like my, when my daughter says, she, she came down a couple weeks ago and said, I feel like the Lord wants us to read Psalm 2 together. And I don't know whether the Lord told her that or whether she made that up in her head, but I have to celebrate that. And, and I take it very seriously. Wow, you know, look around the family go, wow, did you guys, God was just talking to Joy. And he, she thinks that he told her that we should read this. Let's read it and see what he might say to us. You know, take it very seriously. And then, you know, when it's over, Joy, thank you for sharing that with us. That's so important that you would share what God. So I'm trying to encourage these moments. And um, I, I don't mean to complain endlessly, except that it might be a helpful reference for people you know, our income has gone down, 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 doobie doo, down, down um, since um, since quarantine world hit. And so uh, I have just constantly told my daughters, you know what? Paul says, I know what the secret of what it's like to have little and I know what it's like to have much. And I trust the Lord because he's going to take care of me. So I just keep telling my girls, he's going to take care of us. You don't have to worry about one thing. We don't ever have to be worried at night. Etc. Well, this past um, week, I had a friend who um, texted me and said, "How do I get into your garage? Into your into your little deep freezer that you have in there?" I gave him the my garage code. Nobody was home, and he said, um, "Okay, I put something there. You need to go look at it." And I went and looked, came home, opened the freezer. So there's a box with a note on top of it. So the note on top says, um, 
I was th- praying for your family, thinking about you, and we had extra venison that we had killed this year, and it's it's some great stuff. It's some steaks and some sausage, and I just thought I wanted to give that to you guys. And I and here's a couple of recipes me and my wife love. And then there is an envelope attached to it. Open the envelope, $500 from this friend of mine. And, you know, like I just couldn't run upstairs fast enough and say, he, he takes care of his children. You know, hey, everybody gather around. Look at this. Look at this money. Who gave us this money? God gave us this money. Let's all hold hands right now and just thank God. He's never going to let us go. He's going to take, you know, so I'm trying to put all of these little moments in place. Well, that, what a long intro that was. Well, Seth, we were talking in the car yesterday and Seth is, or, or today, and Seth is telling me this um, story of um, something that you had heard from Jackson when you were in Cincinnati that hit you right between the eyes. And I thought, this is exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking of, and your story just illustrates it so well. I wonder if you would just retell us that, that story. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, yeah, and actually that was when, Stephen, you and I first met uh, out at the Family Teams Conference. Yeah. And uh, I was sharing with Stephen uh, that kind of in between a couple of the conference sessions, um, I had the opportunity to hear from Jackson Pryor. And first of all, I thought that was pretty neat. You know, the conference is hosted by his dad. And um, the reason I guess it was so impactful for us is I have um, my older two boys are, are twin boys. Um, they're 14. And what I had noticed about Jackson was that he was very interested in being there, um, being there with his dad, and in fact was leading one of the sessions. So to get to your question, Stephen, you, you you know what were the what was what was it that he had said to us? Um, my wife and I had stopped um, and asked so him. He, so he's a kid who's completely engaged in his father's mission. Yeah, one one hundred and ten percent. He's just consumed by it. Is excited to be doing what his dad is about. And you see him, and you're thinking, how do I get that? How old was Jackson at the time? 17, yeah, question mark, 17. approximately. About that, okay. Not everybody, I know it's hard to believe, not everyone out there listening has been to the Priors house. <laughs> yeah. Feels like they have, but they haven't. So we were having a great session at the conference and everything, but if I could just kind of take one thing I think it might have been our visit with Jackson because I went up to him after he had talked and just asked him like how did you get to this place where as you were talking about Stephen your hearts are connected with the family and you're, you're continuing on this mission mission so I just I asked him to kind of share what was it that motivated him to be right there with his dad great question yeah, so really, um, he kind of gave me three things, you know, I guess. And to break it down further, we had asked him, you know, how do we get him to be engaged fully in our team? And and the, the three things that he had shared was, one was go have experiences, you know, provide experiences for your kids and, and, you know, make sure that the story you're giving is bigger than any other story that they might be interested in. Um, so that kind of caused me to think about, you know, taking – travel can i integrate work and family i mean is there opportunities that maybe that that would lend to some potential travel together so that got us kind of brainstorming uh even to where i'm uh excited to be a part of the outpost advisor team and i believe there'll be some opportunities for that and then um, also just 
you know, sharing like, Hey, it's never, never too late, you know? Um, so our, our boys are older, um, but there's things we can do today. And, uh, so it really kind of caused us to, to start thinking about how can we double down on our efforts to be yes. really engaged with, with the family. Um, and then the third thing, uh, was, was, uh, sometimes there's a conflict, um, that can happen between maybe what you're trying to do as a family and then your kids being involved in like, you know, sports or school or just really any activity, um, and just trying to balance that and everything. Um, and so Jackson kind of encouraged us in some of the experiences he had had growing up. Um, I think in his case, predominantly being schooled from the house and, um, just kind of what that could mean for us and, and for a family. And so encouraged us to start thinking about that. And, and, uh, we're preparing now for this season coming up to have everybody at the house. And, um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's profound for our listeners, but it I mean, is. for me, that was a game changer. It is profound. So l- l- we'll just pull that apart for a second and then we'll be done. Um, so the first thing that he said was just have experiences with them. And, you know, wherever the thrill is in life, wherever you get your dopamine hit, you're going to keep going back there. And so um, we, we really have to think through what, what is going to fill the cup of my child's heart. And if your child is a reader and loves to read fantasy, you know what, Dad? If you could humble yourself, read with them, read fantasy books to them. And I actually took a, an entire class. Uh, I, I'd like to do a whole, a whole podcast on this one time. Uh, I took a class on... Um, <laughs> what is that? It's a killer bird that sees us and is singing its encouragement it's, to us. Just so the listeners know... We're not getting static. This is the beautiful sound of the wind. It is the and beautiful the sugar Wisconsin maples. breeze. Sugar maples? Sugar maples. Yeah. <laughs> Less mosquitoes than normal. So Fantastic. Enjoy it. Um, I took a whole class at, at a convention one time on just how to read to your kids in a way that will captivate them. And one thing this guy said was, could you humble yourself to having different voices for different characters? However stupid that would make you feel, your kids would eat it up. And you know what? They do. And so uh, I think of something as simple as that, that I want my kids to, if we're reading together, I really want them to look forward to us reading together. If we're taking a walk in the woods, I can either be dumb, dour, closed mouth dad walking through the woods going like, well I hope you kids like this or I can be motivational dad go isn't this beautiful you guys well look at this fern here come on let's squat by this thing look at this fern look how God made this fern let's see who can find five different kinds of amazing leaves and and bring the world to life to your kids whether that's food that you taste places that you go experiences that you have because i'm here to tell you uh dads if you punt the fun of life and go well some youth group or some school group is going to take them they'll have all those experiences that'll be fine guess what their heart will be tied to the youth group and the school group and wherever the places where that those thrills happen and i'm just telling you 
to steward where your children get thrilled and where they get those dopamine hits. And I'm telling you, if you care about building a multi-generational family, you make sure that many of those happen in your presence at your hands so that their heart is tied to you. And you say, isn't life amazing? Guess where we're going next? Multi-generational family. I've already planted with my kids the amazing adventure it's going to be when we all together under God's prayer for leadership helps us all choose spouses for them. And they're excited about that. I'm building, there's a story that God's going to tell. And it's going to be amazing when he all tells us together who God is going to choose as a spouse for them. I, we, we have been planting in them from the very beginning when we affirm the way they clean the kitchen. We'll say, you're going to be, make an amazing mother the way that you clean this kitchen. You're great at this. Or when we see them cooing after a puppy or a baby, we go, what a great mother you're going to be. We're writing the story for them and tying heartstrings and encouraging them. So uh, anyways, so your first point was having experiences together. And the second point was? It's not too late. Never too late. It's never too late. So if you... If you haven't thought in this way before, this might be news to you, but I'll just go ahead and tell you the story out there that's being told to your kids is really thin. It's not a really great story. It's the story of being independent someday, going and figuring out your own life someday, making a name for yourself, and then having your own kids so that you can send them off and then they can do it all over again. They can go be independent. They can go make a name for themselves. And they can go start rebuilding the wheel. That's a pretty thin story. When you tell the story to your children of the multi-generational work that one, God is doing on planet Earth. And two, that he's specifically doing through your family. And you have to build that into them. What he's doing in your family. And you describe with passion the joy and satisfaction you feel because God has put you on this journey and they can't wait to get in your wake and continue that story. You're doing them a great favor and you're actually, I think, building disciples the way that God wants us to in our homes. So it's never too late because, the, because your competition really sucks at this. Your competition is the world and they don't know the first thing about this and their story's no good. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, we're a we're a finance centric podcast. Yes, and even though inheritance and family money, people have different views. Probably even amongst the people who listen to us, there's really different views on that. Yeah, I bet very few parents who are listening to this podcast would say, "I made it." I mean, I have a good life. I was able to buy a home. I but my kids might not. They might end up on the streets. Um, I hope they make it. Good luck. I did my best to give them some tools. No, we we absolutely think, well, I'm going to really carefully train the things into this kid that will at least ensure that they're able to function in society. Yes. And get a job. But when it comes to almost everything else, we act like the parent who would just say, well, I hope they... I hope they don't end up broken homeless yes. because we just say good luck with 
with coming up with a family vision. Right. I've never told you what my vision <laughs> yeah, was yeah, for family, yeah. but now you need to make one, maybe or don't. Yeah. But we'll come visit you twice a year. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about inheritance before. And when we think of inheritance, we're thinking of five capitals inheritance. And we're thinking that we're building a storehouse Okay, of money. Yes, leave your kid. There's a Bible verse that says that uh, a righteous thirteen ten a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. An inheritance, yes, it does mean money. That's the that's the first and clearest reading of that scripture is that you would pass along money to your children, and so they wouldn't have to do the 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 hard boot boot. What is it called? bootstrapping work that that a first generation immigrant family has to do they can solve higher level problems if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs they can go up the mountain a little bit and not have to worry about those things but that doesn't just mean money it means that you pass along you pass along um, intellectual capital to them you pass along physical capital to them i can tell you that my kids eat so much better than i ate as a kid because we've learned stuff and passed it along to them. You pass along relational capital to them. You teach them how to have great relationships. Something my wonderful, everybody that listens to us regularly knows I'm crazy about my parents. I love them. And they didn't do a lot as far as practically training. Now, here's how to be have, have a good friendship. That just wasn't something that they were thinking about when they were coming up in the 50s. And... We're, we're passing on, we're training them how to, and, and then finally we're, we're passing on spiritual capital to them. That, that not only means how to have a great relationship with the God who knows you and who made you, it also means having a spiritual capital of having a family destiny that you're walking through. Th these things, we want to give all of these things to our kids so that they are not trying to solve the same problems with their lives that we had to solve. We want them solving higher level problems we want to give them a mountain of capital so that when my kids are my age they're freaking taking down what what is the what are the i'm just thinking of two two commands that we know is our destiny one is that we call we raise r-a-z-e we tear down strongholds i want my kids freaking tearing down strongholds and two we're supposed to disciple nations I want my kids discipling nations, and to whatever extent I can do that, great, but I want them doing it even more so. So we believe in this inheritance thing that's so beautiful and so grand that if it's ever shared with someone properly, of course they will want it. So again, it's never too late. You could, have, you could be waking up for the first time having come to the Lord and your child is 25 years old, and you go, well, it's too late for them. No, it's not. Number one, start spending time with them and start going on adventures and use your money wisely to win the heart of your child and to tie heartstrings with them and to tell them a better story because it's not too late. Okay, and then the third thing. Yeah, so the third thing, and just to maybe re rephrase a little bit, was that the, the school for us was, not, was really not solving a problem that we had. It, and so just a consideration to do do that differently and maybe do that at home. Yeah. So sometimes I guess what I've found is what happens is if you're, you know, kids are really ultra involved in a lot of different activities, it could be anything, um, it, it can just lend itself to them kind of moving away from, from your family team. And I also just want to say, I mean, 
great school, you know, yep. great opportunity um, in those type of things. Uh, but just expressing some caution around kind of w- where is their heart and yes. keeping that central and yes. having that be home. Yes. So is your kids having um, tying heartstrings to you? being connected to you is that more important than them getting a grade a plus education it's part of our mission hearts connected yes and and so just whatever that means so for me i've i've changed you know the type of hobbies that i'm involved in yes it's it's just focus on what might i do that they'd be also interested in yes and let's integrate and figure out how we can spend time together yes and and so it's a big part of why we're where we're doing this podcast outside right now you know this home that we moved out to have a little space in in the country and just a number of other things too yep i could go down a list is it more important than them getting the finest most challenging education yes is it more important than them having excellent um athletic uh development yes is it more important than us than them being with the friends they loved at the school they grew up at? Yes. No matter what you put that up against, them having the heart of the father, which by the way, I didn't say this, but every child longs to be connected to the heart of the father. Every child. And every child that child that doesn't get that carries that ache with them for the rest of their lives. Because we were made to want to be connected to the heart of our father. So you providing that and tethering with heartstrings, that connection, nothing is more important than that. So as Seth's saying, you need to think through your hobbies, Dad, while, while, while little kids are, are bumping around around you. You need to rethink the weekly schedule and go, wow, as we were talking about, talking with Mark earlier about the whole traveling teams kind of ethic that's it's the it's the uh, it's one of the measuring sticks of of being a quote successful american well if it if it's um a threat to your relationships with your kids it's out period okay my kid's not going to be olympic athlete tough that's not important to us what's important is heartstrings connected to the father this is what malachi says that the lord is going to do in the end times, he's going to reconnect the hearts of the fathers with the sons and the sons to their fathers. He must be in the end times going to reveal to us and recover and restore to us the idea that a father would have the vulnerability and the care to share his heart with his child and invite his child on a journey that matters for their life. So um, forgive the unction in my voice but uh, it, when i think of the the countless fathers who have thoughtlessly jettisoned their children to the culture thinking i'm sure that i'm sure the american culture would take good care of them so meanwhile i'm going to go golf um it makes me sick um because i know what happens to the heart of that child and the heart it wanes and it has to go find its own. It has to go find its own purpose. It it goes away thinking. I guess. I guess. Um, independence is the best thing I could hope for. Um, and it's sad. And it's not the way we're going. So 
fellas, I'm here to talk about tying heartstrings with your kids. You guys ain't got any closers? I can't imagine that people aren't hearing this and their gears are spinning about the things they're going to go do this weekend with their kids. That's what I'm thinking as I'm listening. And I think that's great. So I would just encourage the guys listening to our podcast to sort of take Seth's learnings and apply them appropriately in your homes this weekend. Don't wait yes, for inspiration wait. to strike. Don't wait. Um, Sabbath's coming. Use your Sabbath wisely. So, yeah, I think we could talk more about it. One question I have for you two guys is, you know, because you both have homes with more than one child. And have you run into situations where, you know, man, I really love doing this thing with this child, whether it's an experience or just time, or this is how we connect. And then I love doing this thing with this child, but there's not really anything we all do that feels like it has that glue of the one-on-one connections I can develop. And if the answer is you've experienced that like I have, then what do you do to to kind of glue the whole crew together and and then how do you decide, well, now it's okay for me to go off and do this one thing. Mm-hmm. Seth? Yeah, it, it's, it's a challenge as, as you mentioned, you know, kind of finding that, that common denominator. Um, but you know, there, there's still, there's still common ground there somewhere. And so for us finding, uh, just maybe we're outside together, you know, maybe the activities look a little different, but maybe there's at least, you know, I can do this with my older two boys and, you know, so I've got four kids and I can do this activity with my older two and then the younger two can trail behind us. Or we've gotten creative sometimes and done like sibling dates, you know, and so this is something that Ethan can do with Adeline and Noah can do with Elijah. And so kind of throwing that into the mix. Yeah, I think that's great because... Those we want family heartstrings tied. So another thing that we do is we're constantly telling our girls that they're each other's best friend. We just constantly tell them that. And so that's what they think. And so I want I want each child connected to mom. I want them connected to each other. I want them connected to me and anything I can do to encourage those things. I will. But to answer your question, Mark, my my response to anybody who's stuck in that place, which I have been, just going like, well, why can't we find something that we all really love doing together? My my response to that is keep trying. That would be what I would say. Keep trying. The Priors, we've been talking about Jeremy Pryor, he he talks about um, having looked and looked and gone, gosh, every it seems like every sport takes my children away from me but I want my kids to be involved in sports and they finally arrived at tennis that's going to be our thing we're all going to do tennis we're going to take lessons we're all going to feel competent at it so that we can play and then we're going to play together and that's their kind of family thing and they've just driven it and driven it and they do everything that they can to cheerlead it and champion it and, you know, when your kids are young, it could be something as simple as well, we can all go on a bike ride. We can all go camping. And that might be, might not be mom's favorite thing to go camping. But I guarantee the kids will love it. And if if mom and dad promise to have good attitudes, try not to complain, you know, just the joy of being together. There, there's returns. And I say go skiing together. I don't know. 
go uh, try try a basketball game together. Do just get out there and try stuff. Go to see the orchestra together and talk about it afterwards and go, what's sticking? What what what's tying heartstrings? The goal isn't an activity. The goal is tying heartstrings. So what's doing it? And whatever's doing it, keep doing it. Were you gonna say something? Well, just to add it's it's time is what they're looking for. And yes. so the activity fill in the blank. But ultimately your children want to spend time with you. And so I found that to be so key, you know, for my for all my children really but I guess we've been talking about my older two a little more today and just fill in the blank so I mean I've never shot a bow and arrow up until <laughs> two years ago yeah. and I'm still terrible at it <laughs> but uh, my boys are pretty good archers now and they love it and they love it and yeah. it's just because I said hey let's let's have this be an opportunity so as long as you're flexible to fit you know to do what they're interested in it's it's the time that they're looking for so to me what does the activity matter so much? I know some of those examples are helpful you gave, and we did yeah. do skiing too. That was a good one yeah. um, that we found as well. But yeah, ultimately, it's just time together. That's right. Awesome. Yeah, my experience is the same, that we can – there's certain things that pop out, and I just go, oh, we need to do more of that because it was great. But even we had family deadlift day, this, this oh my. quarantine – and I'll tell you what. We did some family workouts together. Those little girls were picking up some weight, um, and I was proud of them. <laughs> that is so hilarious. It's one little hack that I would throw in was they were excited about that because they saw mom and dad like to lift weights. And so they they were really like, well, mom and dad, like this must be something that we do. Yeah. And we are going to be better at it than other people. They get a yeah, little yeah, competitive yeah. vibes in there. And so that was great. So if there's something that you and your wife love together, you're going to have a really easier time. That's true. Convincing your sons and daughters That's that this true. is fun than if it's dad's random yes. hobby that he goes away and does or mom's thing. So. Yeah. Anyways, so dads, tie heartstrings with your kids. Um, love them. Love them. Consider them. Watch them. Sh- to be a shepherd over your family means that you watch them. You see how they react to things. You see, is that a good food for them? Does that make their coat shiny? Are they getting fatter? That's good. So that's your job, guys. So watch your, watch your family and do that. Tie heartstrings with them. Um, Seth, thank you for your time. Thanks for talking with us. And uh, for Abraham's Wallet, I'm Stephen Manuel. I'm Mark Parrott. This is Seth Spadian. Adios. Adios.